Thanks for tuning in to the special edition of Who's Behind the Bulldog, where we're going to hear the discussion that took place on Friday, January 29th, um, between some of the teachers, um, uh, along with Sergio Yanis and Hannah Dorn, who facilitated our discussion about how to effectively use our some hybrid learning strategies. We started this discussion in PD, and this is a continuation of this as we continue to learn some of the strategies that work and don't work. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. We're not going to really present anything. Um, this is more just a continuation of the discussion that we were having the other day. Um, it sounded like folks um, really liked being able to talk to their colleagues about things that they've tried and things that they um, have done great with and then things that they've tried and have not gone well <laughs> and maybe getting some suggestions or ideas from other folks. So I know we don't get to talk to each other as much um, as we have in the past. So a lot of classrooms are so different. It's really hard to like prepare something anyway of like, do this, you know, because <laughs> I think we're all in that same boat of just figuring out what works and what works, like I mentioned, kind of changes on even like an hourly basis sometimes. So yeah, this is definitely more of a discussion. Yeah. I have a, so I have a question just for the general room. What has worked the best now or last semester too, as far as getting engagement from kids in the room and kids on the Zoom, um, like what platform or like what sort of, mm, I don't know, you know, what kind of what kind of gimmick did you use that worked the best to get them to participate and for them to be able to like interact with each other, not necessarily on the Zoom though. I. I did something this week that I liked. Um, now that we're back, I have kids that are in both places, right? So they're in there. They never come in and they're always in the little Brady boxes or I get to see them once and they get to do this once, right? And then they come back later on. So I got a selfie stick that I put my phone on and I have it like super far away from me so that when I go up and around with the kids to go look at what everybody's doing, that, that way I can show them what they're doing. I can have them kind of be part of the experience. Um, I've gotten kids to tell me that this is like a weird reality show of like, I don't know, but kind of feels like who I'm, I'm talking to nobody, but um, they're getting, I guess they're getting more, they're in the exposure of things. They're still in the thick of it without actually being in the thick of it. So um, I have more kids staying on longer just to see what's happening. I. I want to echo that, Emily, because the multi-camera thing I've realized is kind of a huge benefit if you can get multiple cameras. And Zoom, you can log in on your phone and use that as a second camera um, while also um, having uh, your main camera. And you can actually change your camera during a Zoom call if you, um, if you happen to have two cameras connected to the same computer. So like, for example, if you have, if um, like I have my laptop camera right in front of me, but then I've got a second camera over here that if I were um, you know, like facing out, right? Um, and then I can just in Zoom switch my camera, if it'll do it, boom. And it can, and that's another way to kind of, uh, if you're, if you're more um, inclined to have, you know, kind of like a home station as a, as a teacher. Um, but definitely having just the, you know, one camera that can at least move or show a different angle of the room is um, I think a huge, a huge, huge help. And I've noticed that kids tend to be a little bit more responsive when they feel like they can see much more than just your face or you looking off and talking to somebody. Yeah, and um, document cameras also get registered as cameras on Zoom, so you can switch to a doc cam. So that's what I've been doing is projecting the doc cam. So instead of writing on the board where the kids can't see, it's my Zoom camera and projected on the board as if it was a whiteboard. Question, tech question. Do you have to have either the doc cam, I like that, Jim, um, or the other camera, if you have two, um, do you have to have that to the same computer? No, no I, I have multiple computers and I have multiple ways of cameras. So I have a camera that's plugged into 
um, a computer that doesn't even have a, a desktop um, camera involved in it, in it, and I have that one projecting outwards, and then I have other ones that are just using the camera, and then I have the, um, wait, was that answering the question? Yeah, you, um, you are, keep talking. Okay. Yeah, um, keep going. So yeah, so I have them in multiple different areas, and then um, I the 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 trick is to not have to not have all the echoing happening. If you have it down, you have to have the computer volume down on your stuff, um, and only have one of your computers having uh, or one of your things having the volume. And then um, I wear earbuds, so wireless earbuds that have a microphone, so that that way when I'm walking around, everyone can still hear me, and that's my main focus on volume. So. You can have multiple cameras set up just as long as you have your volume on those devices down. So does that mean that I would have to log in to Zoom or wherever on all of those different stations? Yes. Okay. All right. With computers, it can get a little tricky because Zoom only likes one actual physical computer to be logged into your account at a time. Um, but your phone or some other mobile device is okay. So like, <clears throat> if I were to join this Zoom on my phone, you would actually see two Sergio Giannis's. Um, and then, um, you know, something that I might do in that case is I could um, switch uh, the name of one of them and be like room cam or, you know, whatever. And that way it makes it easier to direct students like, hey, look at this camera right now. Or you could um, uh, uh, pin it so that um, people can see it larger. Zoom only likes one kind of each device, so you'll get one phone, one tablet, and one desktop computer. So you could have, I think, a max of three. Yeah, I'm not super techy, and so I just use my phone. I bought a $12 um, uh, tripod off of Amazon, and I just put it in the corner of my room, and that way students, yeah, Jim's got the same thing. Students can just see the layout of the classroom, and so when I do my check-in every day, um, I ask them a question and I ask them to choose the next person. So I get somebody to start it off and then like, you know, Sergio would choose, hey, Sergio, choose the next person for me. And so I'm not just sitting there waiting for somebody um, to go next sort of thing. Um, and then that way I can point out, I'm like, um, Mateo hasn't gone yet. Um, John hasn't gone yet. And Aisha hasn't gone yet. Who, who do you want to choose um, with the people on the screen? So that way they can see kind of the layout of the classroom too. And it's not like, oh, you got to get all these webcams and things like that. I just use my phone and stick it in the corner and change it around if I need to. The um, kids actually were excited about it on the first day. They're like, whoa, miss, what is that? <laughs> so it was cool. Car Carolyn brought up a good question on the chat that Emily answered. And I want to make sure that we get this in here as well. Um, um, whether or not the students who are in the, in the physical room are also on Zoom and wearing earbuds. Um, <clears throat> <clears throat> and Emily said that um, she has the volume on the TV screen on low, um, and the volume on, in her ear doesn't mess with the doesn't mess with the echo. But um, she it looks like she doesn't ask the kids in the physical room to join the Zoom room. Um, I I do it I do it very intentionally. So like for example, I've done um, I did uh, group work uh, yesterday with one of my classes, and. Um, I wanted, you know, a little bit more interaction um, or say, for example, in yearbook, I've got teams and it just depends on what day the students are in the building or at home or if they're at home all the time. And in those specific instances, I will ask the students in the room to join the Zoom because I can create breakout rooms that way. And they usually will distance themselves um, enough so that they don't worry about picking up other groups conversations and stuff like that. Um, and I do allow them to wear um, ear buds uh, or headphones. I have a couple of headphones in my room, um, but that's only during the specific like group time instruction that I will ask the students who are physically in the building to also join the Zoom room. Does anybody do anything different? Lauren and I have been having the kids, we've given the option to join the, who, in person to join the Zoom. It seems like they, a lot of them like it, especially if they have friends who are um, remote. And we've noticed it actually more kids turn their cameras on because they kind of want to connect with each other if they've gotten separated into different cohorts, um, which is kind of nice. So it seems like it actually increases engagement a little bit. I tried something this week that I thought was kind of 
interesting where I got um, a couple of Chromebooks that were not being used and I logged into them on my Zoom and I created my, I used different, the my Zoom meetings so that they each could have a, a room. That way that it didn't echo in the kitchen. So like instead of me having a breakout room for them, I was able to give them a computer screen with me logged into Zoom and then having, sending invites to, to other kids so that they have their own so that they would have their own room because the kids can't have their own Zoom rooms. So like instead of having to manage the breakout rooms, that way I could have like, I only had three kids, like they only needed three, like to be logged in three separate places, but that would be, it was a way for us to get the in-person kids, all of them together, but having their own little meeting versus going into the breakout rooms side of things. But. Emily, I know that you were using Google Meet last semester. Are you still mm -hmm. using it this semester as well? Um, I, 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 at the beginning of the year, I was using Zoom and now I'm back at Google Meets. Yeah. Um, do you want, like, I just want to know why one over the other? Um, it's just easier for the kids to, I mean, the Zoom sometimes works and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes like they have to log in through Clever. Sometimes they don't have to log in through Clever. Um, I don't know. I like the closed caption feature the most on Google Meets. So then that way I can have it, the volume being low and the kids can still read on and then I can see them reading on. And then also I, I could turn off the waiting room feature of Zoom, but the waiting room kind of tripped me up during, during things because I'd have to stop, admit, stop, admit, and people will be waiting for too long. So I guess I could turn that feature off, but I like Google Meets for the closed captions. Okay, uh, Roger, you had a hand. So what is the difference between the security settings between Google Meets and uh, Zoom? Um, can anybody give me that? I, well, I guess, I don't know. Honestly, they, they don't, I never had an issue with like the, the, the things that Zoom was getting hacked in. So I guess you could have them, but they, um, Every, all the kids already have Gmail. So they already have this whole like sweet package going on. I don't know if it just means that, that because their Gmail is through Jeffco that it's secure. I don't know. Um, they to be, for, uh, ahead, Google, oh, sorry. No, go ahead, John. Oh, sorry. Okay. Um, with, uh, with Google Meets, they, again, they avoid the whole clever thing. Um, there's a there's a feature you can turn on or off called quick access. If you have quick access on, basically anybody from the Jeffco schools domain can get in. If you turn it off, um, you can set up a calendar invite, which I thought is a pretty good professional skill for our kids to have because, you know, we all use calendar invites, but at what point do students start like learning how to use calendar invites? So I set up a calendar invite for every one of my classes that shows up on my calendar. I load the roster in. And so those kids are automatically cleared to come in. Also, when we switched times, um, you know, the schedule switched, I just adjusted the, the calendar invitation. And so if it shows up on their calendar with a reminder, they know what time ideally classes if they're checking their, their Gmail calendar. So that's, that's kind of why I like it. And district-wide, a lot of people are using Google Meet. Um, I go to the, we do monthly like tech meetings for our computers and Corey Graham and I go to those. We had a huge one on Google Meet, and it can pretty much do anything Zoom does. As far as security, John, you hit exactly what I was going to say as far as letting kids in or not. Um, I know for my son, for DPS, they send me a calendar invite like that, and it's actually kind of nice. Um, and I'm automatically allowed in for that, but it is still restricted through the Google accounts if you have that button checked. But well, I don't... Just to let you know... Like, yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I personally like Zoom a little bit better if you're going to be like sharing your screen is what I have found in, in doing things. So if you're a screen share, that's what I have found. But if you're not a screen share, then there's no difference. The district has um, cases for invasion basically on both platforms. So it's they can be broken into either one kind of thing, I guess. So... Yeah, there's nothing that's like 100% secure, right? But um, right. Yeah, I have noticed what Mark was saying though about the sharing of the screen. I like any time that there is a screen sharing option to use the Zoom, although, um, but for most basic purposes, even my journalism kids, I think um, students can still create 
their own Google Meet rooms. So for journalism kids, I have them do their interviews through Google Meet rooms if they're not using some other platform that they agreed with whoever they were interviewing for. But um, so I, I think it does that. And I and the updates to Google Meet. So when we were first trying Google Meet, it, there were a whole lot of features, but now there's a lot more. You can do polls on there. There's a Q&A feature on there. Um, there is a, uh, you could do breakout rooms on Google Meet as well. Um, so it's, it's trying to keep up with Zoom. Um, and I think uh, Zoom is working on closed captioning as well, if they haven't already gotten that. Um, so it is a feature that they are currently working on. Um, so yeah, they're getting closer and closer each time. Molly, did you have your hand up? I was reading the chat and I totally forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> um, we can keep talking about this, but if somebody else wants to go a different direction um, and throw out a new topic, feel free to do that. Um, if somebody else has any other strategies that they're like, have anybody had any luck doing this? Or I tried this and it failed miserably or was great. I just wanna confirm like with, with our um, geometry and construction kiddos with Rogers, uh, we have them working in groups of some remote and some in person. Um, and we, the, the breakout rooms can't be saved in Google Meets um, and you can't set them up ahead of time. And so um, we asked them to make their own Meets and they couldn't do it. So I don't know how you're able to get your journalism kids to do that. I'm really curious about that, but they could, and this is really strange that I'm hearing this, they could create their own Zoom uh, links through, through Clever. So I, we were having them do their own Zooms. And then just as a side note, if you're a math person and you do, uh, you like to write on the screen to, sh to solve equations, um, there's no annotation in Meets, which is unfortunate. And if, if you're sharing a smart board as one of the screens that you're sharing, it's like the most awesome thing to just write on the smart board because then the kids in your class see it and the kids at home see it. And that's like. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm just sold on Zoom, sorry. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> for math, it's amazing. Especially because they've up, upgraded some stuff, so. Also when you're screen sharing in Zoom, you can share your whole screen um, and like start your class with YouTube videos or whatever. Uh, and it, it doesn't bog it down. Whereas with meets um, you can, if you want to share a video, you have to share a tab. You can't share the whole screen. Um, and um, it is like, don't touch your computer during that time or it, it just robs bandwidth and the video just gets real choppy. So if you're playing a video um, to the kids through the meeting, I would, suggest zoom apparently you need a driver on your computer to get the google meets to play a video that we don't have from the district so that's why i switched from zoom to meet because you can't play i tried to, to get the video to play videos to play not choppy even with the share tab scenario but after watching like four or five youtube videos of it of trying to figure how to do it you have to get like a audio mixer thingy downloaded onto the driver so that you can play the things and it didn't work. You have to get something. Gotcha. If you are having Zoom buffering issues, there is that option uh, to optimize for video clip on the share settings, which I don't know if it makes a difference, but I've been trying to do that every time that I share a video. That will take away your um, gallery view. Right which I've, I always try to run two computers just so that I can have one dedicated to the gallery view so that I can like keep an eye on what kids are doing. Cause first day of this semester, I have a kid playing Call of Duty and his camera is like, I'm like, I compliment him and say, hey, thanks for turning on your camera. And then like a second later, I'm like, shutting off your camera. <laughs> Cause it's like, this, you're not a Twitcher, gosh, <laughs> you dream. Um, one of the things I tried this week, um, and I was able to hear a student that I haven't heard hardly at all. Um, I've been having trouble following my, uh, this semester, for some reason, I have a lot more students um, chatting um, to me 
you know, when I'm talking to students and I, I'm like waiting for the response or something like that. So I had a student be in charge, I asked a student to be in charge of my chat. Um, and so um, it was a student that I hadn't heard a whole lot um, from. And I was like, hey, would you mind monitoring chat for me? I'm having a hard time with this today, like with all the screens I have open. And they were like, oh yeah, miss, I got you. And then like, I heard more from the student. Oh, the student like da da da, miss da 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 da. And so it was cool um, to kind of give that opportunity for, um, a student to to be heard and they didn't feel like it was like looking at them because they had the whole class had heard me give this person this role and so it was a student who I would normally be like oh are they gonna feel like oh no everybody's looking at me but um he stepped up and it was really awesome to kind of hear him and um hear what other students were were saying and not just relying on me to get to it eventually was he actually unmuting and speaking up or was he he was he was so it that was cool um, Jonna actually mentioned in our breakout room the other day, she, um, has talked with students ahead of time and, um, I don't know if this is okay, but, um, so I'm going to retract who the name that I just said. So someone told me, um, that, um, they would make, um, a student, a co-host so that that student could admit students. Um, and it was more just like, um, you know, giving them ownership and a role within the classroom. Um, so maybe somebody is like, hey, today, can you be my co-host? I'm going to you admit students that come in as long as you recognize the name and, um, and also kind of help me monitor chat. One thing weird that happened the other day that with that retracted person that was weird was that the students could become hosts of the Zoom. Like when you log in, we had a student like multiple times being assigned host of the, of the Google Meets or I mean of the Zoom versus like the person who created it, um, which was kind of weird because then all of the features were disabled and we couldn't do anything. We had to end the meeting and redo it. They don't actually physically make them a host. They just allow them to be the host like in class. Yeah, another thing that happened with me on Zoom was uh, a kid was popping up in my waiting room as student. And since it wasn't a name, I kicked them, but it was their Jeffco account. And on Zoom, at least with my settings, if you kick them, they're not allowed back in. So they were locked out of class. So. Yeah, that's a setting that you can change on. Okay. Your, yeah, you can go on, through, through Clever. A button that says like if removed the student cannot rejoin or the person cannot rejoin so you can unclick that um sometimes uh i'll i'll say hey i'm gonna let this person in a second and talk to them so everybody give me just a second so it's almost like because sometimes people join with their phones or something like that like computers aren't working i get phone numbers popping up sometimes it just says iphone we hannah we ran into that in an admin meeting where we were just playing around with it because we had heard that. And what we found is if you end the meeting and then restart it, then that kid can get in. But then, you know, if you've got all those kids on Zoom, then they have to log back in. Right. But that is like a get around in, in case that happens. Roger? Can you can you shoot some, if someone is in the waiting room, can you shoot them right to a breakout room? They have to come in um, with the breakout room. Once they come in with the breakout room, you can assign them to a breakout room after they've come in. But then they, they don't have to accept the assignment. It just right? says, because they're in the they're in the Zoom room and then they got to click. A workout a workaround there is create one breakout room and put everyone else in it. First and then let her in the room or yeah. let her in the room. You, you also have the option on chat to just message people in the waiting room. So if you want to talk to someone in the waiting room without letting them in, there's the option through chat. So, so if you don't recognize the name, you can put everybody in the chat room and then. So everyone is in a chat room automatically. And then um, you, instead of sending it to everyone in meeting, you have the option to say everyone in waiting room. And then that message will only go to the waiting room. So if they're on a Chromebook, um, apparently they don't get the waiting room messages. It's good to know. Say that again, if they're on Chromebook, they if don't get the waiting Chromebook, room messages? Yeah, because when we were playing around to try to figure out what students were seeing at the beginning of the year, unless they've updated it or changed it, um, we were not getting, Andrew Rogers and I were playing around with it and we were not getting the messages, because uh, I think Ziegler was in that too. Yeah. Uh, they were not getting the, the messages in the wait room on a Chromebook. Didn't we issue Chromebooks? <laughs> <laughs> 
Minor detail, Roger. <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering if that is just like a software update thing or if that's just a Chromebook thing. Huh. Yeah, yeah, don't. I, and, I, and unfortunately, like, it seems like the only way for us to figure it out is to literally play around and figure it out, <laughs> um, you know. So it's crazy. Yeah, I want to volunteer anytime you need another teacher person or something like that. I am all about trying to, I just click on things until they work or don't work. So um, if you need somebody to be a student or log in or whatever, just send me an email. I also have my kids uh, like Jeffco school accounts that I like log into on my phone and try to get into my classroom things. So that way, like I have like a, a kid view of something versus like, and in elementary school, I can't email uh, an elementary school Jeffco kid from a, my personal email. So if the teacher sends out a, like a, here's what we're doing all week. And then the parents can't get the links to work or whatever. They can't log their kids on to, to do it because they're Jeffco, it's only Jeffco emails that can send emails to kids. And I, I don't know what grade it stops at, but like, I think, I think it's only K through five because I think six through 12 because I send students emails all the time and through, from, through, even from my personal email. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So my personal one, like I couldn't send, I couldn't send my mom, the kids, whatever their, their agenda because she, and she couldn't click on it and log in. So like, and she couldn't send it to the email of the kid. Yeah, so I think it's it only K through yeah. five. But if you would like me to, to try to hack your class from a kid's Jeffco account. I am, I got a kindergarten <laughs> one and I got a fourth grade one. Nice. Um, I, you know, we can keep talking about tech, but I, I did have, so we briefly mentioned the idea of like having students working together when they're in the room and in the, um, and in Zoom. Um, has anybody else done um, has anybody done anything that seems to be working for them in, in terms of having, crossing that bridge, so to speak? So I'll say next week we're experimenting with using, um, what's it called? Oh the, one with the, the one with the sticky notes, you guys. Which that would... Dot storming? Jamboard. Jamboard, thank you. We're gonna use Jamboard because the hope is is that the kids in the room can be on the Jamboard and the kids on the Zoom can be on the Jamboard. And like, we've come up with something that's not as, I think in math, the hardest thing is like getting them to show their thinking, but not having it be much longer than like one or two words or like one or two things, you know, because otherwise they see, especially math, once they start to see their three kids that put the answers up, they just copy what they wrote and they're not doing their own thing. Or they're like, oh, you know, enough people have already done it. I don't need to do it sort of thing. So um, I'm hoping by using Jamboard that that they can self-pace a little bit more and feel like confident. And we have like eight that are the same. So my, my thinking is maybe we'll have them go to different ones first and then work their way backwards so that we get more student uh, voice in what we're, what we're doing. I don't know if anybody has done that either. Cause you know, like Jamboard is like, like eight slides, right? So if you say, you know, this group of people go to one, this two and three, just to start so we can get some variety on there is, is my number one concern. So I don't know if anybody has any tips about that. It would be awesome. Um, it looks like uh, Jim just shared um, an image, a screenshot. I don't know if you all can see that, but I can share my screen if we need to. So it's just that that option that I, that I didn't have set before to allow removed participants to rejoin is under in meeting basic on the through clever through zoom. Gotcha. So you're just showing where that was. Okay. Yep. Thank you for that. Uh huh. You know, I've used, I've used Jamboard um, in my philosophy class for the last couple months. Um, and it's been great as far as uh, students that are reluctant to verbally participate. Um, sometimes it seems like a crutch for them not to verbally participate. Um, but I use it in breakout rooms. Um, and that way I can keep track of 
who's doing what in what breakout room, even though I'm not in that breakout room. Um, even if nothing's happening, then that, right, that gives me uh, that extra pair of eyes to go in and say, okay, what's happening here? What are you, what are you struggling with? How can I help you, right? Um, and as basic as it is, you can actually do some creative stuff with it. Um, and it acts as kind of this substitute whiteboard, if you will. Um, so I enjoy it, but um, like you, Elizabeth, um, I am wanting to experiment with something else. Um, I've heard Pear Deck is great uh, with this hybrid because you can have individual kids participate, whether they're in person or online. Um, and having that integrated with visuals and slide decks is pretty awesome. But I suck at it. Man, I have not, man, I have, that might as well be Mount Kilimanjaro as far as I'm concerned. Like I can, I cannot get on top of that one. Every time I put in like a, Paradeck link into a slide and want the kids to go off and answer a question about, man, I can't get that thing to work to save my life. So. <laughs> I was like, is he still talking? No. no. I, so Josh, that's, that's my problem with Paradeck is it's too, it's too slow. Like getting all the kids to get on there. It's just been, I mean, I swear I spent half an hour and it was not worth it. It was not worth the feedback that we got. So, um, but again, I think that might be math class. Like, I think if you're looking for more like wordy kind of answers, I think, I, I don't know, but yeah, I bailed. Yeah, I tried can... it twice and I bailed like the, after the second day, I was like, I'm never doing that again. Like that was such a waste of everybody's time but one thing that gets my uh clickage on the link up is saying that you're going to take attendance from the who's on the pair deck because it gives you a list of the roster of who's on there and that usually gets a few stragglers on there it's never 100 percent, but uh, that motivates a couple people to get, even if they don't answer the questions they at least click on the link you know, um, what I've found with hybrid, and maybe this is just me um, coming back in to a hybrid from being online all year um, and right going from classroom teacher to online teacher and now into hybrid, right? This third switch for me, I'm on survival mode. Um, and so the idea that there's time to figure this out is a farce, right? I mean, it's laughable. My day is zero time. Um, I just go from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. And even right uh, this whole week, like I, I never got time for lunch. It was always one transition into another transition. And I didn't eat till like two thirty, three o'clock. And um, is it, I, I guess, have you guys developed any time strategies in order to actually facilitate you sit, sitting down and doing any planning or building at all because I'm building for online, but I got to make it happen for in-person and there's no time for me to actually sit down and do it, much less eat lunch. I mean, who needs food, right? When it comes to building classes and curriculum, you just need some coffee. Yeah. Right. I mean, just power through, but how many days is this? I mean, it's not sustainable. So I need some life strategies here. What Sealar said is true. What did he say? Just that I would agree. Working. All day, oh, Sunday, yeah. mm -hmm. until you're planned yeah. for the week. Is Sunday is my day of non-rest. Um, that's not a life strategy for me. I'm sorry. I guess earlier to a point where it's not, we're, we're planning for two different groups. You know, it's got to be that we've got one mm -hmm. Thing three that both, yeah, three different groups. We've got to be figuring out how we can plan for one thing that everyone can access because it, it's not going to be, like you said, Josh, it's not going to be sustainable. Um, Sergio, what were you going to say there? Oh, I was going to say um, I started this during remote, but I also noticed this during um, now that we've started hybrid. Like 
breakout room time is a great time to get ahead on some stuff. Um, I know that, you know, we do what we can circulating around breakout rooms um, to hear some stuff, but there is also um, in the breakout rooms a help feature. So students who are in a breakout room in Zoom can actually ask you for help. Um, and what I'll do is in a breakout room, if I allow enough time, like let's say that um, I'm allowing 25 minutes for whatever part of the activity, I'll let them know like, all right, you have 10 minutes before I'm gonna start circulating to get things done. And in those 10 minutes, I can at least do one thing <laughs> while they're in the breakout room, that's a little quieter. Um, and the students who are in the room um, are, you know, have also kind of gotten to work on, on their own things as well. Um, so that's one strategy, uh, especially with the group work that I've realized helps me build on some more time. The other one is um, 45 minutes is not a long time to have um, students on Zoom. It's just long enough for them to kind of avoid the fatigue. But honestly, if you stick to cl as close to that as you can and make um, it's some portion of the class more student work time, student due time. Um, they can stay on the Zoom with mute and you can be muted as well while you're working and you, um, and you can be working and then if they need you, they'll, they'll speak up. Um, so I, I have a question about that. So if you're like, I'm trying to make my in-person as similar to my remote to keep the planning to a minimum. Um, but if the remote kids are supposed to be gone for the last 30 minutes of class, how do you keep the pacing between the, how do you, what do you do with your in-person kids in those 30 minutes that the remote kids don't do? Me personally, in the structure of my class, um, or my classes tends to be a little bit more towards, we're doing stuff together in those 45 minutes, um, whether it's me leading or some group work or something. And before I even let the, the um, there's like a, an early milestone that they have to hit before they can leave the Zoom room to work independently. So you are not allowed to leave until you get to this point. Once you get to this point, I feel confident that you can work independently and you can log off the Zoom or whatever. Um, and that works. And, and that's the same expectation. I keep the exact same expectation for the students in the room um, as well. So, you know, you need to show me this before, you know, whatever. Well, and if you're working on scaffolding, I mean, that last 30 minutes, it's just no instruction time. They can still be on Zoom and, and not be on that screen. Um, so if you need some accountability and help them with that, that they can't log off until they finish whatever it is that you're doing. You know, it's just that there's not, you're not sitting there talking at them during that time. So they can still be part of the class. It's not like at 30 minutes, they have to log off, you know, that kind of thing. They can still be on the Zoom, but continue to work. Because I know there's been classes who've had trouble with when students log off, things don't get submitted. And so I know if we're trying to scaffold that, especially here in the first month or two of school or the, of the semester, it may get to a point where you can let them go. But right now, if you're just trying to teach them like, and you're gonna continue working on this, it's just a lot of times when students log off, they get distracted. Um, and so like keeping them on kind of holds some accountability until they can do that for themselves. Um, Kyle, you had a hand. Yeah, I have three, three things. Um... One, do you guys know, can you provide me any clarity with that? It went by really quick in some slides the other day, I think in one of our meetings with the, this new 45 minute in class and then 30 minutes, you let them go. Is this a, is this a new policy? Um, and what exactly does it mean? Do you guys know? Like, are we supposed to basically tell kids that, 45 minutes in every class from here on out, it's independent work time. You guys can stay here or log off. And it's like, yeah, or is it option? Yeah, I think it was more because um, the district said that students would have three and a half hours of synchronous time a day. And so this is ensuring that based on if we, if we had at least 45 minutes, they would have that synchronous time. And so I think it was more like making sure students had synchronous time that we weren't doing total asynchronous instead of limiting the amount of um, synchronous time that we had. Okay, because yeah, like Lauren and I, I'm pretty sure I'm probably in like the 98th percentile for keeping kids on 
I mean, running essentially whatever our bell to bell is, I'm keeping kids on. So you've also got freshmen. So that yeah. accountability piece, right? Like, yeah, trying to help um, them with that. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess, okay. So that, that whole communication is, was predominantly aimed at teachers who are letting kids go too soon, not at teachers like me, where they're saying, hey, you need to give, give kids more time off. <laughs> no, they can, be or, working, they can be working without even having, like, as long as their Zoom is running. Um, because, and the way that I explain it with, to the students, I'm like, chances are, if you're stuck on something and you're not on Zoom, you're going to just avoid it or do something else or something like that. Right. You're more prone to that. But if you're on Zoom, you at least know like, oh, the teacher's right there. Like, they, you know, there's still very much that, that reassurance that that's right there. Um, like, so, are, we, are we supposed, I guess, yeah. But so, so like when we were remote and we had digital homeroom time is that 20 minutes, every day, 20 minutes before class, I'd be like, boom, we're in digital homeroom time. It's your time, do what you want. What, 45 minutes in am I supposed to be saying hey this is it cutting yeah. it off here if you want to go and work independently you can if you want to stay and work independent and work with us in the group you can or is digital it digital like homeroom discretion digital homeroom they just have to check in with you from yeah yeah not 20 to 40 and then they leave no okay. but I think that extra the, time that we added to the end of block to the end of block periods. Oh, that part. No, so I think it's up to you, but you really only should be doing instruction for about 45 minutes. And then the rest of the time, if kids, if especially if you teach freshmen, if you're like, look, you have to stay on until I see, like you don't have to interact with me, but you have to stay on until I see that you've submitted this in Echo. And that's how I can say, yes, you can leave now, that's okay. But you cannot, um, the, I, the real thing is to like try and um, make sure kids don't have, that you and the students don't have Zoom fatigue, right? Like, and part of that comes from like that constant interaction on Zoom, right? So it should be about 45 minutes of planned, like back and forth, or, you know, you're showing something or they're doing something or they're in breakout rooms or whatever. And then that last part of class, the last half hour essentially, it's up to you, but, um, and if you feel like that's the only way you're gonna get um, their work done, you can say that, but it's it's not like my upperclassmen, I'm like, go away. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't want you here anymore. But I can understand with freshmen saying, look, you have to stay on until I see that you've submitted right. whatever. Yeah, yeah I well, I don't know if this is, if this is Josh, what you'll, I don't know if this is good, well, I don't know what from what I'm doing is good or not, but like I've been, I, I, Ogie showed me your guys's kind of plant, some of your guys's stuff. And it looked, we were talking about how similar it looked to kind of what I was doing this, um, like the end of last semester, where I'm basically making one lesson. It's just a remote lesson. And then everything, it takes me about five or 10 minutes. I show kids the agenda. Like I don't talk more than probably 10 minutes at the kids. And then everything that I would have said in person, if we were doing it in class, like it's in a document and then they just work their way through it. And I'm like, I'm here to help you guys. Um, but I release them into independent work like really quick. And it's, I'm basically treating my in-person kids as if they're remote. I just happen to be in the room with them to support them and talk to them. Um, so I don't know if that helps with time strategies or not, but, or even if that's what I'm supposed to be doing, but it's uh, I mean, even with us doing that, I mean, those lessons, I mean, in five slides, we pack in a huge amount of, of work that definitely keeps them busy all week. I mean, it's tailored, it's layered. It, I mean, building those takes an ungodly amount of time i mean it took me yeah. about it took me almost 25 hours to build that one lesson that we did last week for the juniors um and i mean it's great right i mean there's rigor in there which is which is awesome but at at the same time um 
I, yeah, the, I'm, yeah, I, I'm, even with that, like one lesson, all week, one assignment, all week, I'm still flailing like a dead fish. Wait, if a fish was right. dead, it wouldn't be flail flailing. Head, you know, like <laughs> oh. Gosh, I know when the fish is still the flopping. fish newly out of water? I don't know. Roger, you had your hand up a minute ago. Yeah. Back to the, uh, like the last part of class and kind of keeping tabs on uh, the kids, what they're doing and stuff like that while you're, you yourself are kind of doing some grading while you're, you're muted as well. Uh, John Syme showed me yesterday this, the securely piece of the Zoom meetings. I've never seen that before. And that's just like the old owl kind of thing where you can watch everybody's screen and see what they're doing. So you can have that up and kind of working on your thing and have your Zoom open. So people, if people have questions, they can, they can ask questions, but you can also keep an eye on their screens to see what they're doing. And Roger, uh, where I told you that, where I told you that link would be found, will change on Monday. So it's not there anymore, but the, the, the stuff is still there. So, and I put together a slideshow if people want to see that, like how to use securely, but it's pretty darn cool because- It's way cool. I mean, you, way can, cool. you can see like, oh yeah, the kid's cheating on their math or they're on mathways.com, but they're only using it as a calculator. So what you think might be cheating is not like, you can see their screen, like it's, it's fairly cool. Um, yeah, can you do that with online kids as well? Because oh, yeah, if they're yeah. logged into their, well, here can I show? I I can show you if you want. It sends you a report after the fact, also, and yeah. it's kind of cool because it shows you like exactly what websites they spent their time on and how long. It shows you the number of times you blocked a kid or pushed and forced a URL on them. It's like a really it's better than Insight, the owl ever was and it's better than land school um so at the end of the class you get a email like i've only used it for one period make that two periods so far because john just showed it to me and it is i haven't had that like gotcha moment but like there's kids who i'm like why haven't they joined the breakout room and then i look and they're on a youtube tab and i'm like so here I had one student on Uncanny Magazine for 59 minutes. I had one student on Jeffco Zoom for 42 minutes. They never came in. John, if you just pulled up like a, another one, we aren't seeing it. Oh, um, okay. I made it big. Yeah, just, the making it big I didn't work. I think yeah. you only shared that tab. So when you shared just that yeah, tab. I know. Let me get to it. Let me see if I can find it. There we go. Is Thank that, you. you know, actually, that would solve an issue that I have with one student who. So Josh was really helpful. I had a kid who said she couldn't come into math class. I've got a 14 page Google Doc of screenshots of her screen where she's watching Chicken Girls on YouTube. And telling me she's restarting her computer and she can't come and sorry my computer's broken all this other stuff so it can be used as evidence to support the kid later and say hey when mom says why is the kid flunking my class but it's also more important to say hey come back in and so somebody was on open spotify somebody was on youtube somebody was on carol k12.org arvada.org messenger um whatever so it shows you where they've been if you open a class um it will, I mean, you can log into their screen and see all the web pages they have open and you can close them right away. Like Caden Morales yesterday was in Capstone, supposed to be working on something. He had Facebook Messenger open. So I just went to his screen and closed it for him. How do so, I get there? How, go to your, how do I get there? How do I sign up for this? So you don't have to sign up. Um, can I do a little share screen for a minute again? The link, the link is going to change come Monday. So I don't know where it will be come Monday, um, I will get it and change this slideshow that I've got, but you log into Clever, normally would, you scroll down here and there's Securely Classroom. Oh. Click that, it's not gonna be there anymore. The link will still be the same. I have created a bunch of classes for the classes I co-teach 
but all of your classes are in here as well in Clever. But the crappy part is they're broken up into sections by campus. So like here's Bacon's Geometry, section one, section two, section three, all in third period. And I don't think you can run them all at once, right? No, you can run one at a time. So I'll open my advisement right this second. I'll click start class and it asks how long do I want to start it? Whatever, I'll click start and I can log on and see who is logged into their computer. And right this second, it looks like Case and Garcia is in conceptual chemistry. Way to go, Miss Duncan. It looks like Cade Morales is playing the first solid body electric guitar. <laughs> looks like Sienna Maria is looking at the periodic table. Milo Quintana is still on Netflix. If I don't like what he's doing, like Andrew Rodriguez is here on Mathway Problem Solver. If I click right here, I can't see what he's doing, but if I click the eye, it brings up his screen, big as can be. And so he is, <laughs> he is on this quiz he's for Mr. Griffin and Ms. Right. He's in his quiz and he's using right. a problem solver. Good for so him. So if you watch in a minute, it will show you what he's doing. And so when he clicks over to Mathway in a minute, you can see his next problem, I suspect. And if you don't like what he's doing, you can click this little trash can right here and his that locks that screen or it kills that web page. Don't do that to him. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm just showing you what, but you oh. can also lock their screen, which says your screen has that been locked so by your cool. teacher. You can send them a message via their screen. And so it's a pretty cool tool that you can navigate around. And by the way, if you're good with Excel and the um, JPS export tab in campus, yes, yeah. you can do some uh, comma separated value stuff and you can create your own rosters so that all three so um, on, first half, the alphabet, second half and remote. Sharon Sharon will do it for you and send you the, the Excel spreadsheet if you want. She's got the query built. So if you ask her to it, you can do that. I don't know if I should sell her up the river yet. Um, I was just going to say, have you, this live have you right now? brownie points with Sharon? Yeah. This, She'll do it this for is you. Live right now. This is what my advisement kids are doing right this second. Wow. That is hey, John, um, really quickly, um, yeah. the other John, Sealar, has a question in the chat. Does this only work if they're on a school-issued device or if they're on like a personal-owned device, does it also track them? It does not work on their own device. They have to be logged into a Jeffco device with but them. What about if they're logged into Clever so that they are in I the I don't Zoom? know. So the one thing I've found that is funky, like this guy, Milo Quintana, he was the one that was all over the place yesterday. When I click on his screen, uh, you can see what he's doing. Oh, actually, it's showing it now. Yesterday, it was all black, which I couldn't understand. I hadn't figured out if there's a way to find it. Andrew Rodriguez told me yesterday that there is a note on his screen when I'm doing this that says your computer is being monitored when you start that securely classroom. So it's not like Big Brother watching, even though it kind of is. It's not unknown to the student potentially. So that would be something I would preface. Number one, this is why it's really important to have relationship with the kids. Because if you just start going in and closing screens, immediately you're the jerk who's the big brother, right? And so if you don't have this relationship and you haven't talked to kids about, hey, I'm going to be going in and trying to help you time manage and things like that. I don't want this to turn into like us versus them, right? <laughs> So just make sure that you're letting students know that this is happening and like, hey, I'm going to and, and I'm going to try and help you with this time management because I feel like we're getting a little bit um, off when we're supposed to be working on things, because I guarantee there are several of us who, while we've been talking, have gone to other websites. Right. And so I also want to be like, hey, some of this is like part of the multitasking thing that we think we can do sort of thing. Um, but I also recognize that sometimes we need to, you know, help students um, learn how to stay focused. What do you think right, my favorite question to Caden was, does Facebook Messenger help you with your individual service learning project? Yeah. And then it popped up on his screen. He's like, oh, crud. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, hey, Caden, let's, let's get back. He's like, sorry, mister, here we go. And so it was a good, it was yeah. a good conversation. But I mean, I just checked a text. So it's, it's kind of the same thing. Elizabeth, what were you going to say? The other thing is if you start using securely, the um, parent or guardian with the email of record will receive every week an update from securely in their email. Um, so my child is also a Jeffco student and RV has been using securely all year. 
And every week I get an update from Securely about what she's searching. Now, of course, I have a complete nerd for a child. So um, it sends me things like she was looking for, um, you know, she was looking up the uh, de declensions of this verb in Spanish or like, and I'm like, oh, of course she was, but Anyway, it will tell, it will like, it, and it gives the parent an option. Like you can click then on that email and you can look through the entire report or you can just be like, you can eyeball like the little snip that they show you. One of the things your child was searching this week, blah, blah, blah. But just so you know, it's also like, Good for the it, also has, it also sends that out if you start using it. Yeah, so I think making sure we're phrasing it like this is this is a tool to help us help you, not this is us gotcha. trying to be too right. overbearing. Well, for instance, I like I have a student who, um, who says that they cannot share their screen for whatever technological reason, and so getting help to that student in process um, is kind of my question. Right. And so right now, all I'm doing is playing, um, playing that on the back end. I'm always trying to have the student redo rather than right in the middle and correct or redirect. Um, but it's always on the back end of things. Um, and I'm always reactive. Um, and we need to switch that script into being proactive about where and when they need help um, rather than wait until the grade's already in and then come back. So Josh, um, I think I think you could use this wisely in that to pull this young student into a breakout room and say, hey, I have this new tool where I can see your screen. Maybe I can help you be able to share your screen or something along those lines if that's an important task. But like I think it can be used as a monitoring as well as a hey, we're trying to help you and hey if you can't share, we can try and troubleshoot from outside as well. Yeah. I would also like to hey, say though that all of our students signed a technology agreement that says they should have no expectation of privacy when they are in their classes. Right, and, and that is like, we can totally do this, but I think we should just tell them that we're doing it so like things aren't getting closed and they're like what's happening it's like hey you know I'm gonna be using this tool I'm gonna help you do it it's it's not up for discussion <laughs> it's more just like hey this is what I'm gonna do it's more just like a common courtesy and Andrew Rodriguez let me know he's like so there's this message on my thing that says your your screen is being monitored what is that and I was like Andrew great question like I turned on the security classroom and hadn't told him about it yesterday when I first did it I was like well, that's a great question, Andrew. Here we go. And so it gives them some notification whether or not they pay attention to it. I don't know, but yeah. Hey, folks, we've been at this for an hour, and I realize that um, time is of um, the essence. Are there other, anything else um, folks want to discuss? I, I want to make sure we honor that you all need to do what you need to do. I know we could keep talking about this forever. Hey, uh, I just want to say thank you for uh, the good advice and good suggestions um, to help my sinking ship. Thank you. Appreciate it. Josh, I've got a couple rafts. I will help you float. Uh, good. You can just fill up my classroom with them, right? Maybe I'll fall from one and land on another. Josh, come hang out with me. We'll, we'll play on technology some more. Dude, I wish I had time. You do. I'm, dude, I'm moving. I'm, you're I thought that was your home. Uh, oh, like a flailing. <laughs> like a fish out of water. Dead fish? No, they don't flail. Oh. We discovered that. Okay. Um, all right, we'll post this. And um, I don't know if we could have some sort of forum where if people come up with cool things, I guess the blog um, would be somewhere. Maybe we can keep like a running thing of like, hey, here's some things that I tried and worked really great. Um, maybe we can have like a running um, section that's just like, success tips or something like that, where John, you could post the, the doc you just did, um, other people as we try things, just so we can kind of keep this dialogue running throughout the semester. And it's not everyone living in the bubble or who they happen to talk to. I like the tip of the week idea, Hannah. 
um, or something like that, you know, one or two tips of the week or, you know, and that way we have, we can be consistently without overwhelming. I, I like that idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, I am the host. So um, if you do have to go, I know we've hit the hour. You're more than welcome to. I have nothing for a little time here. So um, if you want to keep this open, I'm more than happy to keep this open until you're fully satisfied or overwhelmed or both. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. I just want to say thank you to Hannah and Sergio for you know putting this together. It, Thanks, guys. It's cool. Thank you very much. Absolutely. And thank you for all, uh, all of you um, who shared everything, you know, these are all really good things. I didn't even know about some of the, some of the things we were mentioning. So. All right. Everybody have a good weekend. Stay safe. I missed the first 45 minutes of it. What's that, John? Will you send the recording out? Cause I missed the first 45 minutes of it. In a, nope. I'm keeping it all to myself. You're going to have to hack into my computer to find it. Well, Sergio. Cause I've got 9 million folders. <laughs> I closed about 42 tabs this morning. So um, good luck. <laughs> and he still has 20. Still Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Uh, absolutely. I'll make sure See this. You See you, Josh White. See you, Hannah Dorn. Jay-Z. Shannon Corman speaks. Emily Adios, Duncan, man. you got elk? Oh, no, well, no, but the, the, all week long, the elk and the buffalo have been playing all week long on, uh, no, up on the hill. So the big elk are with all the buffalo over by Overlook. And every day they've all been just like, 10 cars are all lined up and they're all you need to write a new a song lovely, well every time i go past it i think of like home on the range or like right. the antelope rome and where like, the oh, elk and nice. the buffalo play but we get a lot of them right by my kids school is where they all hang out so like hundreds of them to the point where like the principal goes out and like shoes them 